Hebrews chapter 11, verse 35a. Woman received back their dead by resurrection. 1 Kings 17, 17 to 24. After this, the son of the woman, the mistress of the house, became ill. And his illness was so severe that there was no breath left in him. And she said to Elijah, What have you against me, O man of God? You have come to me to bring my sin to remembrance and to cause the death of my son. And he said to her, Give me your son. And he took him from her arms and carried him up into the upper chamber where he lodged and laid him on his own bed. And he cried to the Lord, O Lord my God, have you brought calamity even upon the widow with whom I sojourn by killing her son? Then he stretched himself upon the child three times and cried to the Lord, O Lord my God, let this child's life come into him again. And the Lord listened to the voice of Elijah, and the life of the child came into him again, and he revived. And Elijah took the child and brought him down from the upper chamber into the house and delivered him to his mother. And Elijah said, See, your son lives. And the woman said to Elijah, Now I know that you are a man of God and that the word of the Lord in your mouth is truth. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. All right. So we're continuing our our push through Hebrews 11. The And I'm joined today with the other Will from Christ Covenant, Will Kynes <laughs> in uh, Birmingham, Alabama, the hometown for me. And uh, Will, you are, you're the architect of this crawl we've been doing through Hebrews 11. And it has been really awesome and encouraging and really just fun for me to look back at all these Old Testament stories that we don't you know, think about all the time and see on varying levels and in varying ways how they point us forward in the life of faith. And so today uh, and tomorrow, we're camped out in 35A, which is this phrase, woman received back their dead by resurrection. Really easy to fly over that, but really important to look more deeply into. So uh, we read First Kings 17. What are your thoughts on today's passage? Yeah, so first off is uh, this walk through the Hall of Faith or crawl through the Hall of Faith, as you <laughs> said. Um, you know, I was, inspired yeah. to, in, I was inspired to give us the opportunity to think more carefully about these texts it, because of the line there in Hebrews 11 where the author says, you know, time is too short to go into detail on all these things. But yeah, we do have yeah. the time to do it. Uh, and it's been great to hear um, you and others at the church reflecting on what these stories yeah. from the Old Testament can mean for our life of faith today. Now, this story uh, is profound and inspiring in a lot of different ways. I mean, even the fact that in Hebrews 11, it's talking about these women who are demonstrating faith. And we've seen several of them already, uh, Rahab and yeah. Sarah and so forth. And so the Old Testament, uh, again and again, shows us that women have important contributions to make. Uh, and yeah. then the second part of this clause, they received back their dead by resurrection, which is just an amazing yeah. thing to think about that we can kind of skim over, right? Oh, resurrection. Absolutely. No, this is a person who was dead and has come back alive again. So yeah. a little background to the story in 2 Kings 17 uh, is Elijah has just proclaimed uh, that it will not rain 
in Israel. So there will be a drought. And so people are hungry. And then the Lord sends him, Elijah, out of Israel to uh, a place called Zarephath, which belongs mm-hmm. to Sidon. And there he encounters this widow. And this widow in this um, heart-rending scene is down to her last morsel of flour and oil. Uh, mm-hmm. And yet Elijah says, if you make that for me, then watch what's going to happen. Uh, yeah. the, the jar of flour shall not be spent and the jug of oil shall not be empty until the day that the Lord sends rain upon the earth. Uh, and that's exactly what happened. So we already have God's provision for um, Elijah and this, this um, widow at the same time. But after that, her son becomes ill and dies. And so that, that leads into this scene where we see her coming to Elijah. You know, it's interesting. I don't know what you think, Will. Like, how is she an example of faith in this scene? What she says is, what have yeah. you against me, O man of God? You have come <laughs> to me to bring my sin to remembrance and to cause the death of my son. Yeah. Do you have any thoughts you on know- that? Yeah, well, this isn't the first time in the Hall of Faith alone, certainly not in Scripture, where we see somebody come to God or a representative of God in this case with basically an accusation. You know, um, the Lord promises Abraham an offspring, and then the next, and Abraham believes that promise and it was counted to him as righteousness. The next 20 years, give or take, or over 20 years, Abraham is continues his nomadic life in the wilderness without an offspring. And then the Lord comes and visits him and he has a sort of an accusation that's not too far off from this one, which is like, you know, not necessarily the, the joyful reverence that we tend to associate with faith. Hmm. And, but I think what is going on here is there's this recognition of the authority of God's power and how that authority has been invested in Elijah. You know, it's kind of interesting. She, he comes and happens upon this widow who is down to the last of her, you know, supplies, as you said, well, what, what started this drought and famine that is upon the land? Elijah's prayer, you know? And and so I think there's this interesting reverence and, 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 you know, I think it's possible to read it in this like insolent way, but I think, you know, ultimately it it really is this recognition of of God's authority and and, um, how she is, you know, ultimately at the mercy of God and of Elijah here. Yeah, and Elijah follows her lead to some degree because she pleads to him, what have you against me, O man of God? And he Mm -hmm. turns and pleads to God, right? He cries to the Lord, O Lord my God, have you brought calamity even upon the widow with whom I sojourned by killing her son? Uh, O Lord my God, let this child's life come into him again. So he... The way she treats him is in some ways the way that she turn that he turns to God. But yeah, we see yeah, this throughout the Old Testament that this can be an expression of faith. The reason mm-hmm. why people cry out to God, even in complaint, is because they believe that God mm-hmm. is good and powerful enough to do what's right. Uh, and so yeah. maybe what the way we can see that faith working is she's expressing her faith. The reason she goes to Elijah is because she knows he's a man of God. 
Uh, yeah. And she expects that because of his role as a man of God, as God's representative, he can act on her behalf. And then Elijah does the same with God. Please, God, intervene on behalf of this woman. So I think one of the things that we learn for our lives today is as we face difficult situations, and clearly this widow was in a very difficult situation, uh, not to give up, uh, but also not to feel bad about bringing that situation to God, uh, even in the honesty of how much we're struggling uh, with Mm. it. Uh, And do that with the expectation that God can intervene. Now, God doesn't always bring dead children back to life. Uh, This is uh, one of these remarkable moments uh, in salvation history, but God can redeem broken situations. Amen. You know, you mentioned that the identity of this woman is is really interesting. Not only is she a woman, but she's a widow. And not only is she a widow, but she's not an Israelite widow. Mm. She's living in Zarephath. And this is actually something that Jesus picks up on, as you pointed out uh, earlier on in Luke 4. And, you know, we should handle all Old Testament uh, narratives and, and stories with, you know, great attention. But especially like when Jesus points back to them in his teaching, we should kind of underline it and look a little closer. So, um, you before we record, you mentioned this Luke four passage. What uh, what do you see there that helps us understand <clears throat> this Hebrews eleven passage? Yeah, so Luke four is Jesus really kicking off his ministry in the Gospel mm. of Luke, <clears throat> and he reads a passage from Isaiah sixty one, and then says, "Today the Scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing." But not everybody is super enthusiastic about uh, Jesus <laughs> and his ministry. Yeah, uh, yeah. Is this least. not? It says, is not this Joseph's son in 422? Uh, you know, mm-hmm. and Jesus says, well, doubtless you'll quote to me this proverb, physician, heal yourself. Um, uh, and then he says, what what we have heard you did at Capernaum, do here in your hometown as well. Like, you know, they're kind of putting a challenge to him. Uh, mm-hmm. And he says, well, no prophet is acceptable in his hometown. And then verse 25 is where we get the reference to uh, this scene from First Kings, he says, But in truth, I tell you, there were many widows in Israel in the days of Elijah when the heavens were shut up three years and six months, and a great famine came up over all the land. And Elijah was sent to none of them, but only to Zarephath in the land of Sidon, mm. to a yeah. woman who was a widow. And I think what Jesus is doing here, it's not really explicit, but he's saying that he has been called uh, for Jews and Gentiles. And if these Gentiles mm. aren't ready to accept him and his message, God cares for Gentiles too. If the Jews won't come along, there yeah. are Gentiles that are not outside of God's concern because mm-hmm. he's speaking to other Jews who don't seem to be super on board uh, with this whole Jesus is the Messiah thing. Yeah. Uh, so this passage, even from the, the Old Testament, is an important reflection as Jesus interprets it of God's concern for the whole world, not just for one specific people group. Yeah. And to that point, that faith is the mark of God's true Mm -hmm. people, you know, and that is really what the author of Hebrews unpacks and what so much of the New Testament unpacks is that it's not just a bloodline that runs back to Abraham that wins the favor of God. It's, It's the heart that cast itself headlong into the promises of God and onto the authority 
of God. And I think that uh, this story demonstrates that well and, and well enough that Jesus would himself would, you know, call back to it as he begins his earthly ministry. Great. So great word from first Kings 17, um, pointing back to Hebrews 11 and we're going to do it another one tomorrow. So for Will Kynes, this is Will Carlisle. Thanks for listening to Our Daily Rhythm. I'm Jason Dees, one of the pastors of Christ Covenant, and Our Daily Rhythm is a ministry of our church designed to help you more faithfully and effectively meditate on God's Word. If you ever have a question for us about one of our Bible readings or one of your own Bible readings, please don't hesitate to text us at 404-465-1737. Again, that's 404-465-1737. Or email me directly at jason at christcovenant.com. We'll meet you again tomorrow for Our Daily Rhythm.